0: name of our series is Perfect Love Casts Out All Fear. Perfect Love Casts Out All Fear. In other words, there is a kind of love in which fear is not contained. There is a kind of love in which fear has no place and no foothold. And that is one kind of love. It is agape love, which is the Greek word for love in the New Testament. In fact, when uh, the New Testament writers started penning that word, it was really mostly unknown in the Greek world. It was a new word. It was like a Christian word because they only, they only really knew the other three kinds of love uh, that exist. And um, mostly people are familiar with the man kind of love, which loves you as long as you'll do something for me or it loves you as long as I'll get something out of it. Even if it is, well, I'm going to tell you, I love you, so that you tell me that you love me back, so I feel like somebody loves me. <laughs> or I'm going to love you when it's convenient. Or I'm going to love you as long as I have had. Man, you know, the thing about teaching on love is like um, we can all like um, grow in our yieldedness to the love of God. And so uh, I was going to say, it's like I love you as long as I'm rested. So when you teach on love, you can normally find some area that hits somebody, (laughs) and maybe every area hits you, you know? (laughs) And so so, uh, divine love, the God kind of love, doesn't really think of self, and self is not really a consideration, and self is not really the focus, because uh, the God kind of love is always focused on what can I give? not what can I get. The God kind of love is focused on how can I allow the love of God to dominate me, not how can I dominate someone else or a situation. You know, actually, one translation in 1 Corinthians 13, verse four through eight, says that love is not competitive. Love wants to see other people get ahead. Uh, Love is out for the other person. And probably... Uh, very, maybe most significant subject in the word of God is love. Because God himself is love. And so last week we talked about the love of God. And we talked about, as I said, to, I think Melody earlier this week, I said, or somebody, I said, uh, I was talking about someone. I said, you know, I don't know. For me, everything just goes back to prayer. Because prayer is my connection with God. Because when I, when I come to the Lord in prayer, I'm coming with the Word and I'm coming with the Holy Spirit and I'm coming with the blood. And, uh, you know, when I look at love and the, the, the divine description that the Holy Spirit gave to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, you know, Paul was not one that if he lived according to his uh, flesh and the desires of his flesh, or his mind that was not renewed. You could see his actions. He was not one that love would come easily for. <laughs> Yet look, he's the one that the Holy Spirit was able to give these words to that we could write and that these words, or that he could write, that we could read and then we could write them. That these words will never end. Because the word of God doesn't, isn't just for while you're living here on the earth. But the word of God lasts beyond the earth. The the earth will be destroyed. Even the elements that make up the earth will be destroyed and be removed. But the word of God will endure and will last. And Psalm 119 says that your word is tested and tried and has been found to be without impurity. It's been found to be pure. Uh, Psalm 119 also says... That there is no end, there's, there's end to the perfection of all things, but there is no end to the perfection of your words. In other words, I don't care how perfect it is here on earth, you get something that's brand new, there's an imperfection. But to the Word of God, there is no imperfection. So we should never allow ourselves to look at the Word and say, well, maybe, maybe that's old fashioned. Maybe that's not uh, uh, applicable to today. Or maybe it was just, uh, how do they say it? Uh, I've heard people say, like, it was written, it's like a poem that was written to the culture and then the people of that time, and it was how God spoke to them, and it can inspire us, but it's not the word of God speaking to us today. Uh, Well, that's, uh, what what do you call that? The devil masquerades as an angel of light. That sounds really intellectual and really smart, and uh, that's not the truth. Holy men of old wrote and spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And actually, we learn in the New Testament that when you receive the Word of God as it really is, I love that translation, as it really is in truth, the words of God, that's when it'll change your life, and that's when it'll be effective, And so these words are for us today. And the word of God is forever and forever, and it is forever settled. So if the world goes on another 10,000 years before Jesus comes, which I don't believe it will, but if it does, this word will be just as applicable in 10,000 years, in 20,000 years, in 30,000 years, in 100,000 years. Because the word of God... Um, the word of God was not originated from man and it was not originated in the realm of time but it came by the eternal spirit the spirit of God himself and as men and women well the Bible says holy men I never studied that, actually, to know if that said mankind. Anyhow. (laughs) Wrote as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so the eternal spirit moved upon these men to write these words, to pen these words, that words that were from the the, um, realm of glory came and could be seen, written in the realm of time. And then Jesus is the word, made flesh. And so he came from the realm of glory and came and showed up. And we could see what these words look like in the life of a human named Jesus of Nazareth, anointed by the Spirit of God, so that we would have an example for how we're to live and what we're to do. Because Jesus, Colossians tells us that before he came down, he took... His, you you could say he took his godliness, or one translation said he laid aside his mighty power and glory. So all of the power of being God and all of the glory of being God, and he says he put that aside and he became as a mere man. In other words, man without that power and glory and lived a perfect, godly, sinless life Jesus, just like we did, he had to grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. In other words, Jesus had to learn. So Jesus would look through the pages of the Bible, the Word of God, and he would find himself in the Word. And then he would declare that over himself. If you don't believe me, look in Isaiah and then reflected in Luke. The Spirit of, he, he, he they, they went in the synagogue and stood up for to read, and he found the place where it was written The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Well, his example is the example that we are to follow, that we go to the word, and we find ourselves in the word, and then we declare that word over ourselves, and then the same way that what Jesus believed, he, he read it, and then he believed it, and then he spoke it, and what happened? It came to pass. And so that's the same way um, uh, that we are to live and to act. And... Um, That's not in my notes, but that's another series that we're going to start, another one. (laughs) It actually is, but anyhow, praise the Lord. And so when we look at the words that the Holy Spirit gave to Paul about love, of course, first John, God is love, we find out this is a this is a, a very vivid description of what God is like and really of who God is. And so uh, I equate it to prayer because when I'm in prayer, I'm flowing with the Spirit of God. Probably my favorite scripture on prayer is Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Right? But he says praying in the Spirit. Well, really, uh, if if you look at that and you study it and you look at the original Greek and everything, the way I paraphrase that is always pray being led by the Spirit. Praying always with all prayer. That means all kind of prayer. Um, uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Well, supplication is like you're, ser- you're passionate and you're serious. It's earnest request made to God. And so he's saying always pray earnestly, passionately as you're led by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So we said, uh, we said Wednesday night, like, you know, when you pray the word, if you're going to pray the Ephesians prayer, don't just pray it like a robot. Father God, I pray that you give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, the eyes of my understanding, be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling, riches of the glory of your inheritance and saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power in and toward us who believe, as demonstrated the work of your mighty, what, it, what it, Demonstration, working of your mighty, oh, no, I messed it up. But you know, I don't give the Holy Ghost any time to draw my attention to anything. But if I say, Father God, I'm asking you, see, (laughs) even just that, I have just now uh, come uh, aware that I'm speaking to my Father and my Father is God, or I'm speaking to God and God is my Father. And I have just become aware that I'm asking you In other words, I just got the focus off of me, focus off of my natural family, and I've got the focus onto God and onto my supernatural family. So I know that this is like a supernatural endeavor. This is a supernatural proposition. This is a supernatural relationship. This is not of nature. This is not what man could produce, but this is what only God could produce. And this is what only God could produce when I look fully to him and don't look to myself. But I look to him, and I, my, my heart is poured out to him. I love in Ephesians chapter three, the prayer in Ephesians chapter three, um, uh, I think it's SC Carpenter's translation says, um, I fall on my knees, and I pray to the Father. And he says, when, when I, when I uh, pray unto the Father, I think of my own Father, and I think of all the happy homes of which I've ever been a guest and the father in all of those homes. He said, and then I think of what fatherhood must mean in heaven. And he said, then I it a thousand. No, 10,000 times. You understand, like, you're not just reading words on a page because these words are Holy Spirit words. This is a book written by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to know how to receive these words, you ought to have someone, what if you had the author of the words show you what the words mean? What if you had the author of the words, you ever heard somebody say, like, um, uh, 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 you heard somebody talk about something and then you got uh, in public and you got to talk to them privately, you said, oh, t- tell me more about that. Yeah. Show me more about that. And then all of a sudden, they say something that you're like, oh, like this changes everything. Uh, Like I heard you say that, but I did not understand that's what you meant. I didn't understand that's where that came from. Well, that's what we are um, to live by. Because Jesus said that mankind should not live by bread alone. What does that mean? That you shouldn't just eat bread because you'll get fat? know what that means? Well, bread represents natural sustaining power. Represents food and the power of the food, natural food. But he said, man should not live by the sustaining power of natural things alone. Meaning you need to eat. You need some natural things. But he said, we should live by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Actually, he said, man shall not live. He didn't say should not. I misquoted that. He said, man shall not live. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know shall or will? When, when you take the Greek or the Hebrew and you translate it into English, the strongest words that you can assert, use the strongest English words that you can put on something that is no other way, this is the way it is, yeah. is will or shall. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jesus is saying, man shall not live or man shall not experience real life by bread alone. Man's not really going to live just by what the world could give you, just by what your friends could give you, just by what um, uh, education could give you or science could give you. Man won't really live until he feeds off of my words, because my words are life. The words of God contain the very life and nature of God. So if you want to experience the life of God, the nature of God, feed upon his words. Well... I think one of the most vivid descriptions of the nature of God is this description in 1 Corinthians 13 of love. Let's read it in, I'm gonna read it in Weiss translation again. And um, I'm gonna read uh, verse three first. God's love produced in the heart of the yielded saint by the Holy Spirit a love that impels one to deny himself for the sake of the loved one. All right, I'm going to read that again because really, this kind of like a, a description of what we're going to read. God's love produced in the heart of the yielded saint by the Holy Spirit. Well, who is a saint? The saint is the believer. As soon as you believe God, you have become a saint. You're no longer a sinner. You're a saint that may occasionally sin. You're not a sinner that may occasionally do something right. You are the saints of God. You know, uh, the prayers of the saints come up like incense before the throne. And like, you you know, you, you can actually see in the scripture, it looks like your prayers actually don't ever go away. And so when it's talking about the prayers of the saints, that's talking about, if you're a believer here this morning, that's talking about your prayers are like a sweet-smelling incense to God himself. God. So it's God's love produced in the, yielded, in the heart of the yielded saint by the Holy Spirit. Well, we know Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's talking to the believer. And so we have the love of God poured in abundance or shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And then we says that this is talking about God's love produced in the heart. Same, same love. But it's produced in what kind of heart? The yielded saint. He didn't say it exists in the heart of the yielded saint, but it's produced in the heart of the yielded saint. You have the love of God if you're born again. You have the love of God on the inside of you, but if you ever, uh, you probably never have experienced where you're like, man, I don't, I'm not even, sense, I, I'm not even knowing this love. I'm just acting horrible. I'm just doing this. I'm just doing that. You know? Uh, well, if 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 that ever happens to you, if you've ever done anything like that, that's because you're not living from your heart. You're living from your flesh, or you have a mind that has not been. Transformed by the word of God so that it can dominate your flesh because the flesh is very selfish. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, I want what's mine, and I'm not gonna back down. I'm not gonna, you know, we have a disagreement. There's no way I'm backing down. Of course, I'm right, you know, and even if you know you're wrong, uh. mm. you know what. You're not supposed to, I'll tell this, but I'm not going to tell who it was. Uh, some people might know it, but anyhow. So there's a particular minister, and uh, he's like a very uh, bold personality, you know. He, he uh, uh, got married, and uh, after he's married, you know, his wife did something uh, or he did something that was really mean to his wife and went to his room and was going to go pray, and he's trying to pray. And, you know, of course, you learn from the Word of God real quickly that uh, you cannot treat your spouse incorrectly and fellowship with the Lord. <laughs> you know, Mark eleven twenty five 25 says, And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. Yeah. Mark, let, let me turn this real quick. <laughs> Therefore, I say unto you, what things uh, soever you desire, verse twenty four. When you pray, believe that you receive them, and you'll have them. Verse twenty five. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Well, you know your faith won't work if you if you have unforgiveness about you. And so he's talking about faith right before that. And uh, it's interesting. So you get into prayer. If you want to know if you have unforgiveness, why don't you pray? Just go get in the presence of God and see what shows up. Because if you have some unforgiveness, you know, you'd be going to pray, pray the prayer of faith. Okay, Lord, I'm just asking you. All of a sudden, like, you're kind of getting interrupted while you're trying to pray. It's like, why do I keep thinking of that person? I'm at Lord, I'm asking you. I plead the blood of Jesus. I'm not going to think about that. I'm, I'm praying to you, Father God. I'm asking you. And when you stand praying, forgive. It's like when you stand praying, you'll be more heightenedly aware of uh, issues of the heart. And if you have an issue of the heart, it's gonna be a blockage to you receiving the fellowship of the Lord. You can't treat people like garbage and then go fellowship with God. How can you, how can you say that you love God and you don't love people? How can you say you know, that you love someone and you see that they're in financial need and you just say, oh, Lord, bless you. Let me hear, let me pray for you. But you don't give him anything. It's okay, I'm just talking about what Jesus said. And so, and so, God's love produced in the heart of the yielded saint by the Holy Spirit, a love that impels one to deny himself for the sake of the one loved. In other words, you go into a situation where you know you're gonna need the love of God to dominate you, you should really go ahead of time. You could say, okay, Lord, I am gonna walk in love. And I'm not going to walk in natural human love. I'm going to walk in the God kind of love. And so what you should do is you shouldn't just say it, but you should really declare it. Because your declaration of the word of God that you believe actually creates the possibility for that to show up in the natural world. It creates the manifestation ability. In other words, it, it like, if you think, I don't like to use, I got to come up a better illustration than a bomb because the bomb is destructive and the word of God is creative and life-giving. But if you took like a nuclear weapon and you activated it, if you took a nuclear weapon and it's on an aircraft and it falls out and hits the ground, but it has not been activated, it will do nothing but put a hole in the ground, a little hole, you know, from the weight of the thing. But if that thing is active, it is in usable form. And so when we act on the word of God because we believe it and we speak it, now you have just, I like how E.W. Kenyon says it, um, confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. In other words, you have all of these these beliefs that you have formed from the word of God. It's a, a faith like a deep conviction That you're like, no, this is the truth. I don't care what it seems like, what it feels like, what it looks like, what other people say, because I have seen from God his word. I've seen light in this, and this is reality. And so, uh, I don't know if you can say this in church come hell or high water, this is what I believe. In other words, I don't care what the devil brings my way, I don't care what storm comes. This is the truth. And unless you have a a belief form like that in some areas of your life, you will fail and fail and fail and fail because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, you have this hope, and you look, and and it's a a confident expectation and a yearning, and you're looking for this future. You're looking for this in your life. You want to see this come to pass. But if you don't have that, if, if you, you don't give it substance with saying, okay, because I see this in the future, I believe it now, you'll never see it now. It'll just be off in the future. It'll just be like a hope. A hope in, and a hope is not bad. A hope is really good. I mean, think about Christ in you, the hope of Glory. So you have Christ as the believer. Christ is living in you. Christ is living in me, and he is our hope of glory. He is our yearning for glory. What's glory? Glory is all the mightiness of God, all the goodness of God. It's God himself poured out. And so you hope for glory in a situation. You hope for glory in your life, glory at your business. Well, you yearn and you expect that. Well, we should be the same way. Concerning acting on the word. That we take hope and hope ushers us into a place where we're like, you know what? I don't want that just off in the future. I believe I receive now. Now faith. In other words, what's going to happen? Walking in love. Well, you got this situation coming. And so you say, no, 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 no. I know I've had difficulties with this uh, relationship. I've had difficulties with this person. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to declare it ahead of time. Before I go into the situation, I will walk in the love of God. I will yield to the Holy Ghost who is love. And I will let that love dominate me. I will be patient. I will be kind. I will think the best. I will not get in contention. I will walk in the God kind of love. Weiss translation says, love meekly and patiently bears ill treatment from others. Do you know what meekness, a, a great definition for meekness is power under control. What does that mean? You have the ability to tell them off. Maybe you have the intellect to destroy the argument. But you say, no, I'm going to come meekly. You know, like as a, as a full-time minister, uh, you know, there is he that speaks like the piercings of the sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. So, you know, you could take the word of God and destroy somebody. But God's not in that. There's no love in that. Okay, love meekly and patiently bears ill treatment from others. In other words, you're gonna treat me wrong and I'm gonna, take, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, bear it meekly And patiently. In other words, I'm not going to snap at you. I'm not going to. No, meekly and patiently bears real treatment from others. Love is kind, gentle, benign, pervading and penetrating the whole nature, mellowing all which would have been harsh and austere. Is not envious. Love does not brag, nor does it show itself off. It is not ostentatious, like always trying to be out in front and let everybody look at me. Does not have an inflated ego, does not act unbecomingly, does not seek after the things which are its own, is not irritated, provoked, exasperated, aroused to anger, and does not take into account the evil which it suffers. Does not rejoice at the iniquity, but rejoices with the truth endures all things, believes all things, hopes all things, bears up under all things, not losing heart nor courage. Love never fails. I love uh, Amplified. Love never fades out, becomes uh, obsolete, or comes to an end. So like love doesn't, love never is like waning. Love never is dissipating. You know, it's always up. It's always like optimal potential. The love of God in our hearts by the Holy Spirit is a love that when yielded to will never fail. I have seen situation after situation after situation. Sometimes you're in a a relationship situation and you think, oh, I should never have said that. Uh, Or I can't believe they said that. And there has a wedge has been driven into that relationship. And it, it has caused a split and a division. And your head will tell you that can't be true because you're thinking about your experience. And you're thinking about a human that has not been exposed to the love of God or has been exposed but has never yielded to. But when you and when I act in this kind of love, this kind of love never fails. It cannot fail. God is this love, and he cannot fail. And our faith, the way that your faith will work, is by this right here, this kind of love. In fact, if you do wonderful things in your family, you do wonderful things where you work. You do wonderful things at your church. You do wonderful things for the Lord, but you did not have love. It amounts to absolutely nothing. 1 Corinthians 14. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm become like an annoying sound. <laughs> You can give up your body, you can give your money, you can, you can do all of these things. But if you did it without love, you did it without God. And the only thing that lasts is what is done by the Lord. And the Lord will use your flesh, he'll use my flesh, he used the flesh of Jesus. Jesus gave us an example. What it's like to be a human, Anointed of God Himself. To be a human like where God has come to live on the inside and has come to rest upon. If you don't believe that, you'll just live a normal life. But if you believe that, there is not a dark cloud that's coming over your life that will defeat you. In fact, The way the Lord works so many times is his plan is not to remove the trouble from you and not to remove the problem from you. But his plan is that you dominate the trouble, that you dominate the problem, that you stand on the neck of the problem. In other words, you're victorious over that. It doesn't dominate you. You're not inferior to it. You don't allow that to scare you off, so you're like, Lord, take it away, take it away, take it away. No, you, you command that thing to go. Yeah. You stand the ground that Jesus, would, like, what would Jesus do? He says, okay, Lord, now if, if Jesus was here, I, I could just get through this. You know, well, what do you think he would do in that moment? What do you think he'd say? And if you don't know, just go in the word, find out what he said, and then you just decide in your heart, act of your will. Okay, I'm not going to believe my circumstances. not going to believe what my relatives say. I'm not going to believe what my friends say, uh, unless it's according to the word. But I'm not going to believe all that stuff. I am going to believe what Jesus said and what he would do. And I'm going to, because he's not here, I'm going to do exactly what he would do. And watch your life flourish. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And all of a sudden, you'll, you'll, you'll start to be conscious in your spirit. Wait a second. I'm not under the dominion of the kingdom of darkness. I am under the dominion of the kingdom of the son of his love. I may be walking down here on the earth, but I'm not walking like a normal person. I'm walking as an ambassador from another world, an ambassador from heaven, because actually my seat, I have a place and it's right at the right hand of God with Jesus. I am seated far above all of this. And so I don't look up and be like, why is this on me? I look down and say, ha, ha, ha. In Christ, I am a victor. In Christ, I cannot be defeated. In Christ, I don't just conquer, I more than conquer. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because you are not some nobody. You are the one that God himself has looked upon and believes in and has given the life of his son for and has poured out his spirit upon you. You are anointed of God. Anointing means like smeared on, rubbed on. But if you go out and you say... I don't know, I guess. That that must be for other people, that's not for me. Uh, It must be for someone else. Um, By your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. I mean, there are things that I have prayed, and I have prayed them 15 years ago, and I forgot I even prayed them. And all of a sudden, 2018, they show up now. When the fullness of time had come. When you pray by the Holy Spirit words that the Lord has put on your heart to pray or utterances that come forth. Those words are not temporal or temporary, but those words become everlasting because they become the words that God himself has ordained and anointed you to speak. And those words penetrate, and they go beyond the here and now, and they go beyond time, and they affect eternity. And they affect not only your life, but they affect the lives of other people. And so when you get into the glory, and you fellowship with the Lord, and you open your heart to him, He'll give you great mighty words to speak and utterances in the Holy Ghost that'll actually free you from sin, free you from doubt, free you from despair because you shall know the truth or you'll become intimate with the truth and and the truth will set you free. It'll make you free so that you'll not walk in darkness and fear. You'll not walk with, 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 oh, oh, something following you and always, always there, always, always trying to get you, always holding you back, always tying you down, but you'll walk in freedom. You'll walk free from, from the bondage and free from all of the clutches of the enemy and all the things that he would just he would just try to grab you with and all of the the tactics and all of the deception that he would try to bring and the confusion that comes with him and and the things that he gives forth but you would you'll actually walk out above those things. You'll walk up in the realm of glory. You'll walk in the realm of God. You'll walk where Jesus is Lord and you can see and you know and you'll walk in the realm of reality. And and, and that's where you're going to flow and that's where you're going to uh, live, and that's where real life will spring forth from, because you've not been made to walk underneath, because you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are a child of God, not a child of the devil. Oh, you are a son of the Most High God. You are God's own family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, where could we go and what could we do without you? Who would we be without you? Oh, the potential. Oh, Father, I, 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 right now, I, just, I, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for those that are here and those that are listening for the potential that is upon their life. Father, for your plan. Oh, Father, the way you see them, the way you've planned for them to live, the way you've planned for us to live out a full life without regret, without remorse, without looking back. Father, that we look forward and we look ahead. We look to the future. We don't look at the past, which is dead, but we look at the future, which is life. Father, I pray for each and every person. Father, that each and every one will enter in. That not one of us, would be a person that would look back on our life and say, wow, there was so much potential. But Father, each one of us would grab hold of the reins of glory that you have given to us, that we would enter into the fullness of your plan for for our life and for mankind. Father, that we would do exactly what you tell us to do, Walk exactly where you tell us to walk, Father, that we don't, we're not strangers. We don't know other voices. We're not, we're not distracted or deceived by them because we know the voice of our Heavenly Father when you speak. There's no one that speaks to us like you. There's no one that deals with us like you. There's no one that looks upon us the way you look upon us and thinks about us the way you think about us. Father, oh, give us light. Give us understanding. Let that not be something that we just hear or think, but let it be a reality in our hearts. Father, that we, we open ourselves to you and to your working in every area of our life. I come against fear in the name of Jesus. Fear that things will always be the way they were. Fear that that, that you won't enter in. Fear that you can't do this, that you're, you're too far out. Oh, hallelujah. Fear you go in the name of Jesus. You cannot, you cannot torment and you cannot stop what Jesus himself has done. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Greater is the is the Lord and the God and you that live within us than anything that the world would try to try to oh try to box us in with or certainly anything the devil would bring. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus name, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning, and you don't know Jesus Christ. He's not your Lord. You've never confessed him as your Lord. You've never received him. It's not too many, as many thought on him, as many liked him, as many thought, well, that's a good idea. But it is as many as received Jesus. To those, those are the ones he gave the right to be the children of God. Those are the ones that he brought into the kingdom. If you're here this morning and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, I want you to receive him this morning. I want you to become part of his family. If that's you, I wanna pray with you and I wanna pray for you. I want you to slip up your hands so we can uh, pray for you and you can uh, live for God and be made brand new in an instant of time, instant of time. If you're here this morning, you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. The, you know, I was born again for, uh, I guess it was 20 years before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I had the Holy Spirit, I was born of the Spirit, but I I didn't have the fullness of the Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And man, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, there was so much light in the Word, I thought I had a different Bible. But it was the same Bible. So there is something after you're born again called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told the disciples, He said, Don't go anywhere until you, you are endued with this power from on high. And so, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I want to pray with you and pray for you. Just slip up your hand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Heavenly Father, oh, you are so good, you are so merciful. You are so. You are mercy itself. You are goodness itself. You are patience itself. You are love. We love you today. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, I want you to. Uh, I want your hearts to agree with this. If your hearts can agree with this, then I want you to say this after me. I am a child of God, anointed by His Spirit. He lives inside of me. The life of his son, Jesus Christ, was given up for me so that I would not live as just a normal person, but I would live with life from another world, with life from God himself, The life of God is flowing in me like rivers of living water. He gives me life in every situation. I will not submit to the devil or give in to the devil or allow the enemy to dominate me. But through Jesus, I dominate him. I'm no longer under the curse. Jesus took the curse off. So now I live under the blessing. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of my mind. Jesus is Lord of my body. Jesus is Lord of my money. Jesus is Lord of my money. Jesus is Lord of my entire life. My entire life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Amen.